Hey, thanks for... S- <laughs> thanks, man. Thanks a lot. Hey, thanks for signing up for the Public Beta Podcast for August 5th, 2020. It is Wednesday. Reed is shotgunning tubes of yogurt. You need your calcium. You need your strength. That's how you eat. We got a massive game uh, that we are starting our conversation of later this episode. But first, as always, let's talk about what we've been playing. Mm. Second verse, as good as the first? Or yeah, it's, that, was, that one was peach. Two, oh, oh, peach? Yeah. We got the blueberry-peach combo. It's good. Uh, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a variety of things. Oh. Um, Ghost of Tsushima, obviously. Yeah, sure. Still plugging away at that. Got to Act 3 this weekend. Putting yep. a lot of work into that story. Upgraded all the things. Starting to get a little <laughs> bored, I guess. I mean, stop doing all the things. Like, the thing with like any open world game like that, uh, and I mean, it's going to come up with Red Dead and stuff like that uh, in a major way, but with, with Ghost of Tsushima, it's just like, oh man, another Fox Den. It's just like, you don't, you don't have to do them. You don't have to do any of that. You don't have to do the bamboo strikes you don't to do have, what you... You don't have to use the, the power buttons on uh, FF8. Like, you PS4. brought this up yesterday, but it's a, it's a, it's, I'll be honest with you, a dumb comparison, because it's not the same thing. This is... Yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, um, so, besides Ghost of Tsushima... Yeah, you want to be a samurai god, you want to do everything, and that's the sign of the good game, but yes, you will burn out on that stuff. I don't think the game devs intended you... They put so many of them, so that you find them no matter where you're exploring. Not that... Like me and you are doing, we fucking canvas the entire island for fox dens and like um, shrines and shit to do. So but, besides yeah. Ghost of Tsushima, uh, of course, still plugging away at COD. Season four just dropped yesterday. Another... I thought season five dropped or is coming. No, it was season four or five. I don't know. Even I'm not keeping track anymore. So do you have it's to five. pay for each season? No, no, no. Okay. Um, season five dropped yesterday. What do you pay for? Me? Like, like I, bought, I bought the game and that was it. No, but like Warzone. Warzone itself is free. Right. If you buy the full game, you obviously get access to campaign multiplayer and stuff. And you just get more guns and Okay, now hold on. Because Warzone is a separate game than Modern Warfare. Not really, no. It's integrated into Modern Warfare, but the next Call of Duty that's coming out later this year will also have Warzone integrated in it. It'll be the same game. So Warzone's their free-to-play yeah. side thing. So everything I said is true. Okay. But like the season pass stuff is just for the multiplayer in Modern Warfare? Yeah, season pass is more like if you want all the cosmetics that release every season. Okay. So every season there's new guns, there's new weapon skins, there's new blueprints, which are basically just aesthetic playing changes. unlocks different levels of new things. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's basically all it is. Uh, and now I'm once again trying to pick up Trails of Cold Steel. Sure. Which is a JRPG series that started on the Vita and PS3 and is now exclusively on the PS4 due to the Vita just sucking. Well, it's on the Switch as well. What? They ported it to Switch. They ported 3 to Switch and 4 is coming out on Switch and No PS4. shit. Yeah. Well, that's probably where I'll play 3 and Surprise! 4 Why would you play it on Switch? Why wouldn't you play it on a good looking... PS4? Yeah. Uh, the game just <laughs> is... I've played the first two... Marginal... I've yeah. played the first two handheld. Uh, I feel like I, the graphics aren't great. Yeah. And this is what I'll get into right away with these games. The gra- It's a low budget game. If sure. We're being honest, I've um, heard good things. I uh, no, like I own the first two games. Yeah, and I'll yeah, and I'll get into that. But yeah, they're very uh, low budget games, so that's probably why I won't wouldn't even bother playing a big TV. It's just you're making. It's like playing a what PS2. Do, what do we got? It's like military academy anime. Oh yeah, so it's military. Yeah, it's military academy anime. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of like Persona in the sense that you can't. It's not nearly, nearly, nearly as thorough as Persona in this regard, but. Every once in a while, you can hang out with your classmates outside of combat zones. Essentially, so like Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah, it's like yes, yeah. it's a lot like Fire Emblem Three Houses actually in that regard. As far as the structure goes, the combat obviously so like, is vastly different. From the outside looking in, I always thought Fire Emblem Three Houses was not a ripoff, 
but I will say inspired by because there was like Final Fantasy Type Zero that was also Military Academy, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But that's nothing new to Japanese. No, that's animation. it's a trope. It's, yeah. a, it's a trope. Yeah. Yeah. Shimagami Tensei is that like the the main series game. Yeah. Like. So um, yeah, it's in that regard, it's very um cliche. It's not cliche in the way that the game's set up, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> no, like it's it's surprisingly deep and complex all the different factions that are reasoning for fighting each other and all that stuff it's and like big ideas trapped in a near automata-esque not beer not lack not, of budget not nearly or, that big yeah. but you would think like looking at the cover that like what you're gonna get the themes that you get are gonna be friendship good bad guys bad and that'd be yeah. the end of it it's but true it, but it actually goes into some depth about like video games used to be about that now they're about like <laughs> Good guys, bad. Bad guys, good. Uh, yeah, have a it, burrito. This one goes a bit more into like the class system, how uh, money operates, like your place in life, uh, etc. Like that. The game's weird too, in the sense that for the most part, all of your classmates are incredibly. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Polite. Sexy. Okay. No, polite <laughs> to one another. Yeah. Like usually when you play a JRPG, you have like the one really brash guy that yeah. swears a lot, and like the one Sunundre girl, or like the one ditzy guy. But everybody in this game is like has a good head on their shoulders, is very polite, and is very intelligent. Okay, sure. Which well, they're is, in a military camp. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Set in a that fantasy part, world, obviously. Because not of on the, Earth. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but because of that, it almost like obviously these characters develop their own personalities throughout the game but especially when you start these games you're like a lot of these characters are very similar they're yeah. just saying stuff differently um but that's as all- compared to say like an attack on titan where like all the characters are like oh they're all very skilled but they all have fucking issues you're saying gold, oh, gold seal doesn't have a lot of that that's completely different i would say <laughs> as opposed to like any classic final fantasy like you have Barrett, who is vastly different from Eris. Sure. Whereas in thank you for calling her. Eris. Yeah. Uh, whereas in Trails of Cold Steel, like the biggest difference you can say is like a character named Faye to like Laura, but even then, like they're both very polite and complimentary of one another. And this bothers you. <laughs> well, it doesn't bother me, but it's it's just like it's so unusual to have such little con- inner conflict. Oh, okay. Um, and in, in three games, yeah, they've, they haven't gotten into and that? And it's such a different JRPG feeling to have all these characters that, like like I said, are so polite. They've got it together. They got it together, <laughs> yeah. yes. It's very weird to have a team full yeah. of... Cloud doesn't go an hour into that remake before he's seeing ghosts and shit, so... Yeah, um, so. the combat system itself is very fun. Uh, it's hard to explain what it is if you play... It turn-based? Or yeah, it's turn-based in a circular area. Your character okay. can your character can move within the area, uh, and that you can only move once per turn. Then you can use a variety of actions. You oh, interesting! Use, you can use basic attacks, and each weapon has a, a, a type of attacking. So slash, piercing, blunt, and uh, enemies are weak. Determined on that. If yeah. you get them with a weakness, you can use a follow up attack with a character that you're linked weak to. Weak to blunts. Yeah. Um, you can also just use general magic, um, and then you can use stuff called crafts, which are like specific to that character so each character differentiates one another because how the magic is set up is like junctioning almost oh now now i'm interested yeah i I wouldn't even say junctioning it's (laughs) or like uh chrono cross kind of sure like you 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 said circular turn-based i'm like chrono trigger yeah so like i would have like uh i would have a piece uh, a quartz it's called it's kind of like materia sure it would be called like uh like up attack material and it would give me just basic skill to attack and i can equip that to any character as long as they have a quartz slot for it 
which every character is like 10 slots. But you equip it once and it's used? or No, no, just, but okay. I can remove it anytime and okay. send it to another person. But then it gets more complex. You could have one that's just called like Grand like Wind or some shit, and it would have three different spells under it. Yeah. So equipping that one would give me three spells and a boost to whatever that is. Okay, so uh, it is like materia yeah. more than... Yeah, yeah. and then uh, it differentiates a little bit more than that too, and that some characters have to equip certain color of materia or quartz, whatever you want to call it, in specific slots. Basically, it lends itself to making very large builds. What differentiates it a bit further for something like FF7 in regards to the materia system is a master quartz, which determines uh, yeah. the overall ability that your character will get. So it could be something as simple as raise overall defenses by 10% to gaining more XP to... Um, like, your healing magic does double, but you'll use double magic, like mana, to use it. Mm. Uh, interesting stuff like that you can get a little weird with that so the character building in that regard is very robust and that's why it's become such a popular series in my yeah, opinion i've heard nothing but good things about it yeah because you can be so robust with that yeah. the story like i said is very confident the writing is good the voice action is pretty good it's, it's a very well-rounded overall good jrpg series uh that found its niche with its small budget because there is a group of people out there like myself who are craving a game like this which is like a there's a new Tactics game out. I can't remember. I think it's called Fate something or other, but people are favorably comparing it to Final Fantasy Tactics. They're like, Square's not making you a new fucking Final Fantasy Tactics, so there's this. And it's like, move on a grid, choose which direction you're facing kind yeah. of tactical. Yeah, energy. this isn't like I'll find that, out what that's called. This but. isn't like that at all. This yeah. is like... Uh, if you're no, playing, I, no, I'm saying. Have you ever played like, the Neptunia games? Uh, unfortunately. I, yeah, they're like the battle system is similar to that in the structure of the circle and moving within that circle. Sure. I Maybe the newer Neptunia games are different. The original ones were about like making your own combos and, um, and were otherwise strictly turn-based. Yeah. They were more Persona-esque. The only added thing onto the game is Xenogear shit, which is at the <laughs> end of the first game, you unlock the ability to pilot a mech. You, in the first game, you only get one fight using the mech. Sure. But it becomes a much more predominant thing in the second, especially the third and the fourth. Uh, and those basically become Xenogear fights where when you're in a mech, you're just way more powerful, but you only have a certain amount of moves or whatever the fuck it means to get certain abilities off and that's it cool yeah it's fun it's good cold steel so you're playing through three two right now okay you're trying to play through all of them yeah because i beat one on the man and the reason why these have taken me so long because the beat is a shitty fucking system where uh, it constantly just loves to like close your game due to data corruption and what oh uh, that's not a that's a you problem no you didn't know about this i've never had this happen to Andrew and happens to a lot of people online. If you buy a very high capacity Vita memory card sure. for a Vita, uh, lots of times it'll corrupt your data all like the time. Beyond what they suggest you buy, yeah. though? Okay. So you're putting in a card that didn't exist well, no, when the Vita ended. But it's production. an official Vita card, but okay, it's so just the highest, card. Yeah. the highest capacity. When I've you never had, heard of that. When you had a bunch of games installed in there and it was such a high capacity, for some reason, it would constantly force your game closed. Huh. And you wouldn't eventually you wouldn't be able to load your game up at all. You would have to upload your save file, assume that you can. If it was too corrupted, you wouldn't be able to. Then delete the game First and re-download it. Yeah. It became such a problem, eventually, I had to reformat my whole system, then re-download it. Huh. And the problem still persists for a while. So then I just said, fuck it, and I bought like a 16 what, gig. What size card did you have in there? I don't remember. It was like over 
It was the biggest capacity I remember. I'm trying to think about like what's sitting like if I have a 32 gig, I'm because like I didn't download a lot of Vita stuff, and if I did, it was smaller games. It was like PS1 classics and shit. No, like PS1 uh, and PSP games were fine. It was just Vita games. Just Vita games, huh? Yeah. So eventually, I just bought a lower capacity memory card, and for the most part, it's fixed the issue. It if you don't play the like if you leave the Vita alone for like six months and don't play it at all, <laughs> sometimes it'll Just creep back up. in yeah. a little different way. Interesting. Um, so that's why playing these games can be a pain in the ass, and I'm kind of really pumped to get off the Vita to play them because fuck this issue. And that's all you've been playing. Yep. Right on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Put in a lot of time at Ghost of Tsushima. Did everything in the Act Two island except for do the mission to move into Act Three. So I'm probably doing that tonight. I've been uh, dabbling in Pokemon Sword. That, what? Game's, that game sucks. Why do you go game back? Just as bad. I've never finished it, and uh, yeah, been, I could not imagine trying to. My main push to play Pokemon Sword is, I'll be honest with you, Pokemon Home, where I'm trying to complete my Pokédex. Like I'm no, gonna I have... couldn't imagine trying to finish Sword as a non like online competitive battler. Like you don't play online competitive battling. What is there for you to like? What's your goal? It's not that I don't play online competitive battling. I'm just more into like the collecting. Mm. Yeah, right, but what uh, I, no, but like, what's uh, my goal? What's going to keep you playing over a hundred hours to finish like, the game and, like, and catch the Pokemon? Yeah, like me and Rod though, like we have infinite. <laughs> not nothing. I should play something else. You're absolutely yeah. right. I'm not. Dis- I'm. I'm not disagreeing with you. Uh, but the Pokemon Home aspect of it, the collectability uh, across all games, is something that uh, I'm. I'm into. <laughs> and, like. You're fiending for it. But it's like, it sucks. Because like, I go onto an app on my phone. I see w- when the Japanese players wake up and they trade me my Pokemon. Great. I go into my Pokedex. I see what I still need. It's awful. It's so sterile. Like, even compared to, like, Pokemon Bank, it's uh, it's it's bad. Um, it, it does what it needs to to an end. The sorting functions, the UI has not been updated since this thing came out. And it's awful. Well, because it's Nintendo-ly. But I, Yeah. You pay for it and you like, like it. They make a, uh, like they make a solid game. Like maybe not Pokemon. It's functional. Like it, I can do everything I want to do, but the ease of use and like things I am like, oh, I, I have this problem. I have this list of problems with this service that's been out for like six months now. And I look online, and other people are like, why is it like this? And the answer from Nintendo is just, there's not. It's radio silence. It's just like, here's the thing you fucking needed. Take it. Pay us the subscription and go with God. Uh, and that's that's unacceptable. And I think like that's kind of the whole Pokemon IP right now. It's just like, what's going on with this? Why is it worse? Why is there less? Why is it? Uh, and that's where Pokemon's at right now. It's falling action. If it was right, Final yeah. Fantasy, it'd be in Final Fantasy. Yeah, 12 it goes right, right back to the problem of <laughs> why isn't every single Pokemon in Pokemon Sword and Shield like? Which which again, I can get over if there was a reason other than we intend to add them later via DLC. Yeah, which like, was always the answer, but they lied. Yeah, essentially. Like, then there is no good explanation, in my opinion. I think no. it's just, I think it's pure fucking laziness at the end of the day. That's it. It's ulterior motives. I don't think it's laziness. I think it's it's there's something else afoot here. And like well, when they announced the expansions, they're like, we're gonna be adding 200 Pokemon a piece with these expansions. Like, oh, now see. What it's a long about. game. It's yeah. a long con, right? Uh, whatever. Fuck it. Pokemon Home's got all the Pokemon, and what's great is when you connect it to a game that can't use most of them. There's all these like fucking symbols and like, it's I don't know. I'll have to show you it at some point. I'm just like, look at this shit. Cause you use Bank for like a second to transfer things over. Uh, me, I used it. Fucking to take six Pokemon. I moved it ever so briefly yeah. to move two Pokemon. <laughs> hey, but well, you didn't have to pay for it. So yeah, fuck? because I eventually because it was another problem I had with Sword, which is po- yeah. shiny Pokemon now are so fucking common that 
any shinies I had from previous games, and I only had a handful, and they were super special to me. Now they're not special Dude, anymore. Dude, I'm getting wonderboxed shinies. People are wonderboxing me shinies, just randomly sending oh, me shinies. The, because getting shinies uh, is easy as fuck, and you know what the problem is, Lee? They never fixed it. No. Because they don't give a fuck. They're like, uh, what's the one special thing about Pokemon? Shinies. One in 4,000 rate. Not a lot of people have them. When you do, it's a really special deal. So, transitioning from Shinies and Pokemon to Ooblets, which is a game my wife has been pumping some hours into. It's in game preview mode, so it's not at 1.0 yet. Uh, it's four years in development, this game. They put it on game preview. I bought it straight out, because like from the get-go, I'm like, well, this looks... It's got a crazy... Uh, art style to it, the animations are very fluid, you raise basically, you plant things in the ground and raise little Digimon-esque dudes. I'm going to say Digimon, not Pokemon, because there doesn't seem to be a consistency amongst them. Like, one of them is a caterpillar with a face. This guy's an onion, this guy's a, and uh, instead of having battles, like in Pokemon, you have dance battles, uh, which is like a card-based system. So you level up your Ooblets, you get these different cards that do different things, and you make your party of Ooblets so that they complement each other, that you're gaining points while also preventing your opponent. And it's like, yeah, the whole thing's like adorable, but that's a game where people are running into things in real time. They're like, oh, we can't release extra Ooblets you have. What if you had a limited number of Pokemon you could carry, and you caught six Rattatas, and then you realized, oh, I don't need all these Rattatas, and I have no no way to get rid of them. That's something that people were like coming into at the same time while playing this game. They gave feedback to the developers, and by God, 48 hours later, they patched it in. A way to release your... Uh, what a fucking concept, eh? What a concept. Uh, but but for a game preview thing, for something that's being worked on actively, it's, it's very much playable. Uh, there are some glitches here and there. Hey, the game freezes when this happens. Send them a fucking tweet... And they will reply, and they'll be like, it's in the next patch. And then, like, sure enough, next patch, that's fixed. Oh, man. You know how uh, easy it'd be for just, like, is this kind of similar to a monster collecting, card collecting It's thing? exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, so, it's yeah. Animal Crossing, Harvest Moon, Pokemon, yeah. all rolled so together. So why isn't just a fucking company come out, and they're like, let's just make adult Pokemon, we'll rip it off, Ooh. and make a million dollars. No, you know what I mean. <laughs> like, Shin Megami Tensei is, like, basically adult it's Pokemon. It's basically that. But there's yeah. a lot of baggage and shit added on to it that you may not want the the well there's people making pokemon likes all the time there was that remember that like that steam pokemon game that came out that everybody was like oh man pokemon this sword and shield it. sucks this is it uh no but no that was for ch children though sure but what what is it for adults to you I don't, I'm, I'm curious of what what you mean. i guess like i you want every it to be more violent no every pokemon <laughs> game i see uh, even the final evolutions of their monsters, whatever you want to call them, still look like the most childish of Pokemon, if well, that like, makes Yeah, but, like, what do you want? Some better designs, some or more... a wolf covered no. in blood. No! <laughs> I If you want to say more adult-oriented Pokemon, I would agree and, with you and, you said the difficulty, if they well, actually... Yes, like, I would yeah. say... Uh, I don't want to say more mature designs for monster creations or whatever, yeah. but something a bit more... Uh, like for the audience that you're making it for because like uh it would be nice to make a game purely designed around such a competitive aspect that pokemon has so like pokemon rides there's that, nothing like it there's but they ride that like line it. right because they want to appeal to children but also at the end of the day you are fighting monsters so any any step towards the realism results in a very different game like the idea that pokemon are still battling uh, you know, how many decades are we just like, yeah, they're our friends. We we grow and we learn from them, and then we make them fight until they're fucking knocked out, until they're concussed on the field. It doesn't make sense. It's but, dissonance in the in the narrative of Pokemon. But like Pokemon are just MMA fighters. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, but you can't throw in the towel. 
they you, you lose. You, they all have to be knocked they're out. They're at like two HP <laughs> yeah. against the Pokemon, like a little fifty higher. And you're than like, them. I'm sacking. And him. you're I'm like, letting go, it go. <laughs> you're like, I hope he gets his move off before he dies, and then he faints without getting the move off. And you're like, you piece of shit. And then you bring him back like eight times <laughs> yeah. in a row. And that's your. And they're supposed to be your friend. Yet you bred thirty six of them, thirty five of which you threw in the garbage. Yeah, and you're making them breed with like their fucking grandparents. Yeah, and this is not. Uh, this is not okay. When you start to think of Pokemon from a no, realistic point of view like, let's get back to it, it becomes a nightmare scape yeah. <laughs> it's, it's no good man yeah, uh, so basically you, just really shimigami tensei but take out the bullshit yeah you gotta, make shimigami tensei a demon battling game and you're kind of there because yeah. like the variety in the demons in persona and the shimigami tensei games yeah are, add some, are neat add, uh, add some evolution yeah throw in a couple things they got their moves right you get persona you got your like list of moves you got like oh this one learns this move or oh i i, I made him from this uh, in that way, Shin Megami Tensei is more like the Digimon games. Because uh, yeah. the Digimon games were much more loose yeah. with who can become what. Yeah, I and, hated uh, that bullshit in Digimon games. It was yeah. like, how does it become yours? I don't know. Figure it well, out. Well, <laughs> it circumvents your expectations from the show. Where you're like, my Agumon's about to become Greymon. And he becomes a fucking pile of like, ass. <laughs> you're like, what is this? What's that slime guy? What's that green guy with the... Pile of ass. Pile on. of ass. Ah, fuck. <laughs> pile of ass again. He shits on everything. Uh, and then you're kind of stuck with him. And then Digimon World games are so fucking fascinating. Yeah, because they're also. I different. tried playing that Cyber Sleuth game, and it yeah. was like bad. No, it was like this is it was okay. The game I just described, like just making an adult Pokemon. It yeah. was like it was like they were kind of going there. They're like, but let's not go past the age of like fifteen years old. So like you're right deal- on the edge. No, you're like edge of it's like a it's like a slightly more immature persona. It's weird as fuck. It's Did you ever play uh, Digimon World three in particular? No. So Digimon World three was very neat because they did it in an isometric, hand drawn sprite kind of way, but the battles were still in full three D on the PS one. And the story in Digimon World three is it's the future of Earth, and we love Digimon so much we've created a virtual reality. Uh, like Minecraft like world that's the Digimon world but then we learn that people are doing crimes that's that's Digimon that's Cyber, Cyber Sleuth yeah uh, but then they're tr- they're also trying to find a way to like do crimes between the two worlds and you get stuck in the Digimon world and like the battles become so fucking difficult because it's one on one you have like three Digimon one on one battles and it you never feel like you're getting better at it you're like my Digimon are getting stronger but I feel like I'm a second away from a pile of ass kicking as it were uh, at any time, but I have very uh, nostalgic feelings for Digimon World Three because it's so fucking weird. It's such a weird concept. We're just like, what if we anyway? Digimon World, and then then the fourth one, the Digimon have swords. So I don't know what our to say. new spotlight game, Digimon World, World Three. <laughs> Digimon World One is like a, a fucking thing as well because at that point they were just like, what if it was a Tamagotchi, but you lived in the Tamagotchi's world. And had to like take shits and like sit under a waterfall, <laughs> and like it was super dangerous to venture off of the main island. So all you're really doing is raising a Digimon, taking two steps out into the real world, getting bodied by whoever was, like Patamon that's wandering around, and that's it. That's the end. <laughs> Sony will hold a state of play tomorrow on August sixth. Uh, they will be talking about uh, updates for the PS4 and PlayStation VR games. A bit of PS5 news, but do not expect anything big for PS5 in terms of a, a date. or They're or, dehyping everybody right away. Yeah, it's that's great now that with uh, these these streaming events, we have to be like, Hey guys, we got something lined up for you Thursday. It's temper, not, your, temper your expectations. It's not Pokemon. It's not <laughs> Animal Crossing. It's not... <laughs> Please don't flame us. Uh... Marvel's Avengers had a, has a beta test going on. Oh and there are some very mixed feelings uh, coming oh, out of that. Unsurprising. Uh, so it's a it's a three third person beat 'em up 
that's more or less played from over the shoulder. People are comparing the different characters to, like, they, they do have different play styles. They're saying, like, Thor is kind of like playing as Kratos from, like, the Kratos game. As you mindlessly beat up soldiers. <laughs> the Kratos game. The Kratos game. Oh, God of War, as it were. Uh, you know, you can fly around as Tony Stark. You can blah, 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 blah. Uh, the game looks... Fine. Fine. Uh, like, if you look at the screen, if you look at the like the status screen though, it's like the most forced RPG ass like numbers and like numbers twenty nine power twenty nine power, uh, like skill trees and like I don't know man it's we'll see that looks like Destiny. That's one of the biggest question marks is that game because like when they announced it they're like we're just gonna talk to the voice actors and they're gonna tell you how great the game is it's like why don't you show the game yeah God why don't you show the fucking uh, gameplay man. Anyways, uh, have you heard about Fall Guys? No. The game Fall Guys? It's wait, wait, wait. Before, for Avengers, what if, yeah. like, you super hate playing as two of those four characters? So what's really cool about it so is you can't play to... as two of the same characters online, like, on a team. So if you main Thor and I main Thor, I guess we gotta fucking wrestle on the front lawn and see who plays Thor. Is this game online? Is it story-based? Like... It's, like it's like a story-based campaign, like, uh, <laughs> Anthem. Is probably your best comparison. Really? So, like, you go into stories, and then you launch with a group or without a group. You solo queue. But there's no, like, hub zone. Otherwise, you'd see, like, 20 Thors running around. I don't know. I don't fucking know, dude. I don't think there is. Let's just play Anthem. (laughs) Let's just play Anthem. They're working on it. They're like, we're going to make the guns matter. It's like, well, what a novel concept. (laughs) Like, no one gets way too late. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, please. Please. Please, God. Just stop. Uh, so Fall Guys is basically like a battle royale, but in the in the, a wipeout in a Doritos crash course sense. So it's like a bunch of little goopy characters, and they're trying to get to the finish uh, to see who gets there. And it's blowing up. People are loving it. Uh, look into it. I believe it's even free on PSN Plus or something. I might be wrong about that. Uh, or to promote, I didn't look too far into it. Treyarch, who you might know as the guys who made World at War and then four Black Ops games, uh, their game is apparently being pushed up to this year. So normally their next game would be three years on, so next year. Uh, but they're releasing something later this year that will have heavy Warzone uh, implementation. I'm calling the shot now. It's Call of Duty Cold War. I'm just calling. I'm just calling that shot. Call of Duty Cold War. Black Ops Cold War. I no. fucking hate the Treyarch Call of Duties personally. Really? Uh, yeah, I've always been an Infinity Ward guy. I you think. Don't like zombies. No, I don't. Um, I think Treyarch, like, I think Treyarch takes that military setting that Infinity Ward took, and they're like, what if we made this, like, Michael Bay? Like, we'll have a character with a broken accent, a mohawk, and we'll call him Tank. The best part about Black Ops. And then we'll have an Asian female, and we'll call her Ghost. Wow. And you're just, like, fuck off, Treyarch, with your fucking stupid campaign about Uh, numbers. World at War was okay. I played the campaign for the first Black Ops, and I'm like, at that point, it was like, oh, they're doing something different, and it's like alternate history, which I was down with. I wasn't down with them casting fucking Sam Worthington as the main character, when that guy was, like, making his rounds in every fucking movie. He was in, like, Terminator, Clash of the Titans, Avatar, and he's he's awful. Like, he's he's just like, oh, we need, like, a white guy with a buzz cut. Uh, Sam Worthington, please come over. We need generic, uh, like, if you went to Mass Effect to make a character and it was, like, generic yes. male face one, yes. it's Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. Uh, <laughs> and where is he now? Like, like Chris Peck is busy. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Worthington, baby. Pikmin 3, one of the last Wii U exclusives, will come to the Nintendo Switch in October with all DLC and a new co-op mode. Pikmin 3 is a great action-adventure game for people who like having a time limit on their gameplay. It's, it's one of those. It's like... You want to explore the world and have fun and, and just take it all in, but you're on the fucking clock, so let's let's go. I don't. Uh, I have no personal uh, interest in that. In, so. in Pikmin? No. 
Learning! Read its time. <laughs> that was way too much. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption 2. By God. Released in 2018 by Rockstar Games. Was it two years ago now? It was two years ago, baby. The game is the third entry in the Red Dead series as a prequel to the 2010 game Red Dead Redemption. The story is set in 1899 in a fictionalized representation of the western, midwestern, and southern United States that follows outlaw Arthur Morgan. Arthur Morgan. A member of the Vanderlyn gang, Arthur must deal with the decline of the Wild West while attempting to survive against government forces, rival gangs, and other adversaries. The story also follows fellow gang member John Marston, the protagonist of Red Dead. It's been a long time since we've been out in some real open country. Yeah. <laughs> ah, take it in. Uh, <laughs> we should just do the entire review. We should like, have this voice for the rest of the... Rest of the... So, where do, you, where do you fucking start with the game... As massive, as flawed, and as, as massive. on the brink of a masterpiece as Red Dead Redemption Two is, like it's simultaneously, it's like I don't think there's any, and it's a cliche to say, but I don't think there's any other way to describe this than this is the worst, best game I've ever played in my life. Uh, you go through all the stages of like emotion, emotion while playing this game, and I'm not saying it in a good way. I'm saying at a certain point you get into the game. It's, it's a Saturday morning, you know. You popped it in for the first time. You. uh you know, you partake in some party favors. You're sitting there with your your cup of coffee. You load the game up. You got past the tutorial mission. Arthur wakes up and is caught. You stumble over to the stove. You know, you eat some soup. You have some coffee. Er, what am I going to do? Play some dominoes with Tilly. Whatever the fuck. You're like, oh my god. Like I, I'm so immersed in this. And then the game goes on. And then 80 hours later, <laughs> you once again wake up from your cot. You once again roll out and you're like, I don't want to fucking eat any soup. I don't want to fucking play any dominoes. If it takes me another five minutes to hop on my horse, I'm going to kill myself. If I have to open one more dresser for a bullet. Right, okay. I'll, pu- I'll put it in the gun and point it at my own head. Yeah, there's, there's so many things to talk about this game. Uh, and I think if we can get one major thing out of the way, and there's only one thing I want to get out of the way, I think a big reason why we refer to this as simultaneously a masterpiece, yet also pretty bad, is not because of necessarily the content, but goddamn, is this game fucking long. It's long, and the pacing is is completely let, wrong. Let me tell you, Lee, yeah. if I said there was 50 story missions in this game, and 80% of the time you'll spend for said story He's missions a horse. is getting the fuck there and getting the fuck back. Yeah. Go 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 right out to a remote location to talk to somebody to ride back to where you started. No, to, yeah, half the missions yeah. are go out 60 real life fucking kilometers that'll take you an actual 20 minutes of real life time <laughs> to get there. And you can't just hold X, otherwise you'll go a bit slower, so you gotta it's tap it. It's immersive, Reed. It's immersive. So immersive. once you get there, and then the person's just like, hey, thanks, Arthur, go back to your camp and tell Jack, Dutch I said hi. You're like, fuck you. So you go back to Dutch. Obviously our emotions are uh, right on the surface with this game here. <laughs> um, I'm gonna run down the rest of uh, from the scholars of Wikipedia, the rest of the opening thing here, and then I'm gonna talk about uh, what to intro this game, and I don't expect this to go as long as New Vegas because there just won't be enough enough to talk about. But uh, to intro this game with what is uh, incredible about it, and then I have a list of grievances that I'm going to run down and know that I, we're just going to put out in the open. This is why me and Reed do not consider this game. Um, you can't recommend this game to someone. You just can't. I can't like, because especially like to my friends who are even less gamers than me. Like, they don't have all that much time to put into a game. They have a couple hours to play COD yeah. every night. And if they're like, hey, I want to play Red Dead Redemption 2, should I play it? 
I wouldn't say it's a good use of your time. You're going to be spending most it, of that fucking tapping X. The game does not respect your time, and it came out in a year of games that don't respect your time. Like, your Assassin's Creed Odysseys, where it's just like, we put enough shit on this map that it's 160 hours long. It's just like, man, are, is, is that going in the wrong direction? So it even seems like Valhalla is course-correcting on that. And of course, whatever comes next from Rockstar, who the fuck knows? They hey, haven't released a game. When, and, especially in a game released earlier that year in Nier Automata that's fucking per- yeah. that's really well paced and very satisfying going to something like this was yes yeah. uh the game is uh, presented in both first and third person perspectives i always thought as a joke to myself that i would go back and play this game in first person i'm like well the repl- replayability ne- I, I never could I don't uh think. the player can uh, may fa- freely roam uh in its interactive world when you're not on the mission gameplay elements include shootouts heist hunting horseback riding interacting with non-player characters and maintaining the character's honor rating through moral choices and deeds which is meaningless a bounty system similar to the wanted system uh, from the Grand Theft Auto franchise governs the response of law enforcement and bounty hunters to crimes committed by the player Red Dead Redemption 2 was released for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in October of 2018 and later on PC and uh, Stadia uh, just last Stadia. November. Stadia! Red Dead Online, the online multiplayer mode of the game was released as a beta in November and fully released in May, at which point they like, stopped adding anything to it. Uh, the game's development began soon after Red Dead Redemption's release. Keep that in mind. This game was eight years in development uh, with the 100-hour-a-week crunch times that I don't even know if we'll touch on. Uh, but there is a whole controversy with Rockstar and how cavalier they are about the crunch and what they put their employees through to get games done like this. And the size of the teams that work on this game, and then you play it, and you see the disconnect. You see that you're in hour 45 of the game, and it's tutorializing something you've been doing for 45 hours. When you take control, spoilers from here on out, of John Marston near the end of the game, you basically are starting another game over with the tutorials that they're... Oh, holy shit. Only you aren't interested in learning about the world at that point. Like, that fucking mission where they're like, go rescue Uncle from... Oh, my fucking God. fuck off. Uh, (laughs) The game was Rockstar's first, uh, built specifically for 8th generation consoles. This is going to be a fun review, man. Oh, man. Uh, The game's soundtrack features an original score composed by Woody Jackson and several vocal tracks uh, produced by Daniel Lanoi. Widely uh, anticipated and marketed before release, Red Dead Redemption 2 broke several records and had the second biggest launch in the history of entertainment, generating $725 million in sales, US dollars, in its opening weekend and exceeding the lifetime sales of Red Dead Redemption 1 in just two weeks. It received praise for its story characters, open world graphics, and considerable level of detail. Minor criticism was directed at its control scheme and emphasis on realism over player freedom. This is referring specifically to critic reviews. Now, user reviews tell a very different story. Oh, absolutely. Where a lot of those same things are praised, as we will in this. There are parts of this game that are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's trapped in this rock... Ancient what rock I can only, star. It's like a rock star sarcophagus of, of gameplay things that they continuously put in their game. They haven't it changed since San Andreas on the fucking PS2 and continue to hinder their games it's from like being true It's like going to your favorite bar that you haven't been to in a long time that's be that's been renovated and you're like, oh fuck yeah, this is all new, this is all great. But then you notice that the that the cooks are just as slow as they used to be. And <laughs> they may have got new beer taps, but it's still the same beer. Still sudsy. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, this place isn't as great as I remember it being. A little dated. Uh, so... What's great about this game? Well, first of all, the visuals are nearly unmatched. This is a fucking true to force uh, of, of graphics. Oh, and again, especially given the sheer vastness of the world. Yeah, well, that, and it's like, it's built for consoles. Like, PC wasn't in the conversation when this game came out. Now it's on PC and, and things look spectacular. On the Xbox One X, it's even more optimized than for the PlayStation 4, so I've heard that version looks even better. 
the performances, the characters, the environments, all the detail, all that shit, the things on the counters of, of all the buildings you can go into, the dirt, the rain, the everything in this game, any screenshot of this game looks pretty fucking phenomenal. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, the, the different uh, equipment you get, the gear, how mud and water and all these things interact with it, the horse's balls, read, the balls! Yeah, your hair, your facial uh, hair. Fucking. Your hair grows. You can cut it. It'll grow around the style you've cut. So if you give yourself a big twirly mustache, your five o'clock shadow will grow in around that. Yeah. All in service, just like Last of Us Two, of nothing. what is that? It's it's immersive, right? It's just yeah. like, oh man, my hair grows in real time. That's some Peter, yeah. Peter Mullen you shit. But, but then uh, we're talking about player urgency here. So yes. if I wanted the big mustache with no five o'clock shadow, I can't disable that. So I'll play a couple hours, and all of a sudden I got five o'clock shadow catch, again. Catch beer. And then I gotta fucking go back and get another haircut. But guess what? The next haircut place is fucking five minutes away. Now I gotta go another horse ride. Yeah. Uh, so the story, there's a story here that can be condensed into let's be realistic. A third or a fourth of the amount of time this 20, game takes. Twenty thirty hours tops. What? Because at the end of the day, what is the plot of Red Dead Redemption Two? It's the end of the old west. Arthur Morgan. It, it, we're to believe is is a good man at heart. He protects his family. He will lay down his life to protect those he cares and about. It's the slow corruption of the leader of the gang, right. Dutch, and select members who follow him. So John. So in this case, Arthur Morgan sees himself in John Marston. Sees that John Marston could have a life outside of this life. And as things are crumbling, he is painstakingly slowly setting things up so that John can make a clean break for it. And he does succeed. Now the problem with this game is it's a prequel. Uh, and when it comes to Charles, Sadie, and Arthur, three of the major characters in this game, right to the bitter end of this game, that are not mentioned. At all. At all. In the game that follows. John Marston owes his life to someone he never mentions in 40 hours of the game to follow. Yeah. Uh, okay, so fine. So be it. But the, the things that happen in this game over the course of it... If you didn't play the original Red Dead Redemption, I feel like they would hit a little harder. Jack got kidnapped by the Pickertons or whatever it is. Jack's gone. Well, we know Jack's fine. Uncle is uh, kidnapped by the Skinners or whatever in the woods. Well, we know Uncle's fine. Uh, a lot of that is dependent on you having played the first game or not. And and speaking of which, like, what are your thoughts on the first Red Dead Redemption? Uh, I like the first Red Dead a lot. I preferred it over GTA personally. I just inherently like Westerns more. Yeah. Um, I thought the world was a good size. The missions were fun. John's a memorable character. Yeah. I think it was a fine video game. I didn't think it's nothing fucking groundbreaking. I no. think it's just another Rockstar like, game. So, like, Arthur Morgan, our protagonist for the majority of the game here... I like is, him more than John Marston. It, it, he, he's one of the best protagonists in video games. Absolutely. Like, you spend enough time with him that obviously you get to know him on a very intimate level, but uh, we can talk about the dissonance in the game clearly leading you down an honorable path. The entire part of the game after Arthur, Arthur, Arthur is stricken with tuberculosis is him trying to make good. He's going around, meeting up with all the strangers he met, trying to... He go, he, doesn't he go and help the woman of the uh, the husband that gave him the tuberculosis in the first place? Like, it gives them money and tells them to, like, go pay their... He, uh, he, he basically shuts down the loan sharking business. He sees that this is, like, a terrible thing that this gang has been involved with. Yet, however, Arthur Morgan will, without a doubt, uh, hide behind a bale of hay and shoot 36 people and not think anything uh, other of it. And these are not things that you decide to do as the player. These are things that you do on missions. Yeah. Uh, and, and so many of these missions, and we're just talking about general length, yes. are just useless. Like, the mission could just be John being like, 
hey, thanks for helping me out, Arthur. And Arthur's like, no problem. And then John's like, oh, shit, Pinkerton's. <laughs> gotta shoot him. You gotta shoot him. Uh, and that's... It, it's, it's rinse and repeat with a lot of the missions, and it's the stuff where... There are so many people working on this game. There is so much stuff to cram in this game that no one took took an editing tool to it. And right. it felt like a lot of things were coming from different places. Like, you guys are in charge of this whole hunting. Like, Right, you're the Korma guys now. Yeah. You do all the Korma stuff, even though that shit's fucking useless to the story. Yes. Um, I think if you take all the memorable main story missions of the game, the ones that immediately popped to mind, Lenny... Uh, going to only the, because it's fun. That yeah, game is only there as enter. Th- yeah, that mission is uh, only the, there as entertainment. The mansion story yeah. mission with the two families at the end of Act Two. Yeah. Um, like the hot air balloon mission where you're sniping people from the hot air balloon. Like those are memorable, fun, unique, different. And if you take out all the ones that are just ride your horse, shoot some guys, ride your horse, done. How much better would this game have come out looking for you and me? Uh, it the brevity would go a long way, but. It's not just the story pacing and length uh, that is an issue, and let's let's wrap this up today with our biggest issues with the game. And one word: Euphoria. The Euphoria physics engine. It they've been using it for a long time, but their games have kind of felt this way even before that. Rockstar is has an engine, and they're fucking sticking with it. And the movement is awful. It feels like you're walking in water all the, the time. The second you take control of Arthur in this game and you stumble around that house and open that drawer, you're like, uh, first you're you're blown away. You're like, look at this fucking game. Look at this. Look at how the characters. But all you want to do is turn left and press triangle, and, and Arthur's doing a bunch of circles. Yeah. He's fucking. You gotta tap the stick to turn around. It's momentum based. It's, yeah, you it's... press jump, and it's a thirty minute thing, and he falls <laughs> down. Then he's got to get up, and then he's got to do another fucking circle. The, and these. In a realistic third-person shooter like Max Payne 3, which also uses this engine, this was fine uh, because it's the only thing you're engaging with. But this is a game that asks you for hours to ride your horse over here, uh, be precise in this uh, kind of things, the controls, the contextual controls, the how many times did you pull your gun on an innocent person in town because you pushed the wrong button? Yeah. Like, or, oh, I want to talk to this guy, and you fucking pull your gun on him, and now you're or, wanted or by you the Or you accidentally uh, press uh. the brush horse option, and you're like, oh, shit, here we go. Because it's not just like uh, you press a button, and Arthur goes, wipe, 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 done. It's you press the button, he goes to the other side of the horse. He opens the bag, he grabs out the brush. He brushes it a few times, gives him a pat, puts yeah, it back in his bag. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's cool the first time. The 60 other times you do yeah. it because you want to get Max's horse relationship is not cool. <laughs> that's real. Deep. And that's the, you could say that about the whole game. The that's mov- the thing. Is the movement. I just want to get to where I'm going, but yeah. Arthur's not making it easy. Let me, let me get, let me put this out there as a immersive cowboy sim. This is your game. Yes. But as, as a video a, as, as a, a video as game. As a cowboy video game, yeah. I think it fails in that regard because it's putting like you said, it's putting immersion before player urgency. Yes. It's like when I'm 80 hours into a fucking video game, like I get the immersion it's, by this point. I just want to continue on with what I'm doing. We're going to remember things as we go here, but uh so you you have meters to maintain that you have to eat and oh. drink. So you have you have your actual meters like what is your health? But then you have a core, and the core has to be replenished with food. And if that food core is empty, when you get hit a bunch, you will not heal automatically. You're dead eye. You need to drink booze to keep your dead eye right. up. And there's, and there's no option to turn yeah. this off. Stamina uh, is all there. And, it, you know, you could argue, like, oh, it's it's busy work. It's You, you pause the game, you eat the no, food, and you this, move on. This, but. this is the elements you find in a followed hardcore mode. Hardcore mode. But yeah. specifically that word, hardcore. 
those players are playing that mode because they want those immer- right. immersive elements so, such as eating and drinking. While eating and drinking is immersive, when I'm in the middle of a firefight and I have to chug three bottles of gin because my dead eye meter is empty, yes. well, that immersion is now pointless. Uh, you've now... Yeah, so and it's, gu- a, it's an annoying mechanic. Let's call it as it, Dude, what it is. Dude, guns and horses. When you get on your horse or off your horse or there's a mission point that empties your inventory, how many times did you jump off your horse and go for your shotgun and it had been deposited onto your horse? Yeah, and you're like, oh. And as far as I know, they never fucking fixed that because it wasn't broken to them. Yeah, they're like, you can only carry two guns on you. And you're like, why? The the expectation was every time you got off your horse, you checked to see if you had your weapons. The early missions in the game explain this to you. Hey, make sure you have your weapons on your horse. I equipped them once. Leave them equipped until either a mission unequips them or I unequip them. Otherwise, it's just not fun. Yeah, it's immersion. I, under, I understand the limiting of guns that you can hold in a multiplayer setting for balancing purposes. Sure. When it's a single player game like this, yeah, you're putting, once again, immersion over player urgent uh, uh, agency. Because you're yeah. limiting the amount of guns I can bring onto a thing, I don't know how a mission's going to portray out. No. Halfway through the mission... You they put the shotgun and you need a sniper. Yeah, yeah. yeah, halfway through the mission, I would want a bow instead of the shotgun I have, the loudest gun in the game. And like I wouldn't know before going into the mission. I'm not even complaining so much that you don't have all your weapons all the time. I'm complaining that you equip your weapons and then suddenly you get off your horse and you don't have them anymore. Yeah. Uh, restrictive game design and mission design. This game presents you this open world where you can do and go anywhere. There's a train. Go rob it. Uh, tie somebody up. Put them on the train tracks. But the go only fishing. way the only way to complete these missions is kill the guys. Is to do exactly what you're told until you're not. At which point it's trial and error. Uh, oh, I I I'm forced to snipe during this mission. I can't even exit my scope to get an idea of where people are. Uh, I'm doing stealth. Well, if I stray from exactly behind Charles here, I have failed. Uh, oh, I need to kill those two guys on the rooftop over there. You have to stand in a specific spot. And you have to shoot them. You're trying to sneak up on them. You failed the mission. Right. It's uh, it's like the opposite of Phantom Pain, which Phantom Pain rewarded creativity and unique thinking. To Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost sure. Of there's not as much scripting, but the game's like defeat the Mongols. Go. Yeah. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. It, you constantly are paranoid. Or you're like, can I do this any way I want? Or is there a special way I need to but do this? But there's nothing you can do when 60 guys are coming on horseback at you and you have a bunch of guns. It's not like you have, yeah. like, barrels that you can use or, like, you can shoot, <laughs> a, like, shoot, like, a landslide of rocks to come down or, like, you know what I mean? Something different. Yeah. It's you shoot the guys. That's how you defeat enemies in this game. That's the only way you defeat so, enemies in this so game. So anything that they go out of their way to do for immersion is broken in so many ways by the things they've added for immersion. And it's pointless realism at yeah. that point. It, it actually hinders this as a video game... And at a certain point, you wonder if Rockstar was intending to make a fun video game or they wanted to tell a massive epic story. And unfortunately, they have to have things for you to do in between rather than just showing you a 3D movie. Right. Like the uh, first 10 hours, you're like, yeah, this is cool. In uh, the next 10 hours, you're like, okay, this is getting a bit annoying. And then the rest of the game, you're like, I really wish I could just do this in yeah. a convenient way. In the way animes have padding episodes, filler, Yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2 is like drowning in it. And, yes, yes, uh, there's so much filler. Yes. Filler missions. Uh, and and here's the thing with Red Dead, though. You're fucking forced to do it. There's missions where you have to proceed in these meaningless right. missions. And just like anime, uh, the canon content is always, always, always better than the filler. There's yeah. never good filler. Except for that Lenny mission, which I'm pretty sure is a, a mandatory mission. To me. No, but like uh, that. What? But you could consider that canon because it's, one, it's the only time you ever get any character development for Lenny. Next episode... <laughs> Uh, we talk about Red Dead Redemption 2. We are going to start with the honor system, which is wholly meaningless in this game. Uh, but the uh, game... Your song changes if you were even. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, there are so many 
honor-related things in this game that, again, the honor system is, sure, immersive. But people don't have Uh, different dialogue with you in main story missions. But you go to rescue a woman who's being kidnapped on a horse, so you shoot the horse. You've lost honor more for shooting the horse than you do for rescue the woman. So why did I bother? Why did I just let her go screaming past me? That's not Arthur Morgan. That's not a horse. You could be the biggest asshole in the whole game with the lowest honor, and at the end of the game, you're still helping John Marston save his family. Yeah. That's the reality. Uh, Yes. I'm not, yeah, I'm not even talking about, like, from a narrative point of view. I'm just saying, like, how this system works and what you actually garner from it. Oh, so, yeah. we do have to wrap up. Red Dead Redemption 2 is a vastly interesting game. So many people worked on it. There's so much in it. There's stuff still being discovered about that game that they just tucked in every nook and cranny. Um, and I look back on it with fond memories. Like, I think of Red Dead Redemption 2, and I'm like, oh, I'll never fucking play that game again. But goddamn, were, were the good parts good, right? Um, it's the, the nagging Rockstar rock stuff that's across all of their games that really... Right. And then the length. It's the nagging Rockstar stuff plus the length of the game. By the end of it, you're just like, I can't suggest this to anyone. I want it to be done. The epilogue, which we didn't even talk about, is absolutely brutal. Uh, and I think we're going to try to give Red Dead Redemption 2 a chance to Red Dead redeem itself. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting here yelling about this game, but at the end of the day, we're like, it's pretty good. It's a good game. It does. It's, like, it's, it's a situation very similar to Last of Us 2, I think, which is like... like I disagree, but okay. Well, I... Red Dead Redemption 2 is likable characters. Last of Us 2 had none of that. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, hit us up at titsiceberg on Twitter. LeahTitsiceberg.com is my email address. You can leave a comment, topic, uh, suggestion, anywhere you see this posted. Check out the New Vegas Complete episode. Check out the New Vegas compilation, which came out Monday. It's a six-part, t- over two-hour long discussion on New Vegas. Uh, thanks for signing up for myself and Reed. We'll talk to you again next week. 